talk to you about what it means to be a part of a church. I'm glad that you're here. You're a part because you're here. Inside your bulletin, there's a place for sermon notes, and you can take notes this morning. There's a Bible blog in there. Some of the thoughts I'm going to begin with actually come from the Bible blog, and I'm going to try to get through this. I'm a little emotional today, and, and you know what's funny is when I was preparing this message, I had a lot of illustrations that involved my mom that I've taken out um, so that I can make it through this morning. Maybe one or two will sneak in, but if it gets too hard, I'll just, I'll just pause for a moment and collect myself. But I've always felt safe in life. I don't know why. It's not that I haven't struggled with fear or anxiety, because I have. But I've always felt safe, no matter where I've gone, no matter where I've traveled around the world. I felt like I've been protected, and, and I don't know why that is, because we live in a pretty dangerous world, don't we? A lot of people don't feel safe, and yet... I've always felt that sense of safety, that sense of protection, and I began to analyze, why is that? Why would I feel that way in such a dangerous world? And I began to think of my family. I thought of my mom and my dad and my grandpas and my grandmas and even my extended family that I've always felt safe in life. I don't know why, but I always felt like they loved me, that they were watching out for me, that they were there for me, that they would take care of me and protect me, and and I've always felt their love. I realize today that that is not true for everyone here. Chances are you may not have had that type of experience and and your home was less than safe. In fact, it could have been outright dangerous. It could be abusive and that's not the way it's supposed to be. And I feel bad for you when I think of, of people that grow up in those dangerous situations because even in our fallen world, God intended for our homes to be safe places. He intended for our families to make life safe so that we could become who God created us to be. And so if you went through that, I'm sorry, but I know that God is calling you to make your home, to make your family a safe place. And when we surrender our lives to God, He places us into His family. And He says, I want you to be safe, I want you to be taken care of, I want you to be loved, and I want you to become the person I've called you to be. And so He places us into His family. He places us into the church, and that is your calling. We're in a series called Activate, where we take different steps in discipleship with God. Things were to be active, and the first step was to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The great commandment, love God and, and love others. That's the first step of discipleship. And the second step we need to be active in is to be a part, an active part, of our church family. That was God's plan from the very beginning. That we would be a church. Jesus mentions it in Acts, excuse me, Matthew chapter 16. He says, I will build my church. It's been his plan from the beginning to gather together believers. And that's what the Greek word for church means. Ecclesia, to gather together believers. And then when we're together, we become the church like we are this morning. Worshiping and learning and growing, encouraging, praying. That's what we're called to be. I'll never forget when Luke was really young. We went to, on a family vacation, we went to this hotel and I don't know about you, but when your kids get to the hotel, what's the first thing they want to do? They want to get, oh, the pool. Yeah, that's, that's the big one. But, but mine want to get to the room and start jumping on the bed because we can't jump on beds at home, but we can do that at the hotel. And so we get to that room. He's jumping on the bed. Dad, let's go see the pool. Sure enough, they want to go see the pool. Dad, where's the snack machine and the pot machine and the ice machine? And we go see all those things. He's so excited he can't stand himself as a little boy. He says, Dad, where's the church? And I said, the church? I I don't know, son. We could look and see if there's a church nearby. No, the church in the hotel. 
the church in the hotel. So I don't think there's a church in the hotel. Yeah, Dad, there's a church in the hotel. You know the place where there's lights and videos and all the young people and they're worshiping God. And what I realized, from a little boy, he's gone to the Ascension Convention. And so he thinks, and that's a youth convention we hosted at the Hyatt Regency, a hotel nearby. And, and so he thinks every hotel has a church. <laughs> and it's true, when we gather together in his name, we are the church. It doesn't matter if we're in a hotel room, it doesn't matter if we're in a home, it doesn't matter if we're here at 400 East Gregory, we are the church. The church was birthed in Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. When they were, they were, me, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as many as need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That's the day of Pentecost, and the church begins, and what was birthed in Matthew chapter 16 in the heart of Jesus, I will build my church, begins on the day of Pentecost, and it lasts to today as we are here today being the church that he intended us to be. We are fulfilling the heart of Jesus. Today is Vision Sunday, so I just want to talk about our church just quickly. And Our church is a, a three-part mission. You can write this down. If you're new, maybe you haven't heard this before. If you've been here, you're going to be like, here we go again. But we do three things, don't we? What do we do? We connect people to God. It's the most important relationship we will ever have. That's why we come together, we worship Him, we learn about Him, we grow in Him. You have to have a relationship with God, and the only way to have a relationship with God is through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for your sins. And your relationship with God will not only dictate what happens in this life, but it dictates all of eternity. And so we connect people to God. That's the number one thing. Secondly, we connect people to people. Because you weren't meant to be a Christian all by yourself. You can't be a Christian all by yourself. God has called us to live together in unity. And then finally, we're called to connect with our calling because there's a reason that he created you. There is something that only you could do. I could never do what you're called to do. And you could never do what I'm called to do. And so we have to walk in our callings. And we're called to be together, to gather together as the church and become a member and commit ourselves together and plant ourselves in the ground together and be a part of the church. And that's what we're called to do. When you plant a plant, you don't plant it and then, oh, it's not growing fast enough, I'm going to pick it up and replant it. And then I'm going to replant it and replant it. If you do that, eventually the plant's going to die. You've got to put it in a place where the, the roots can find good soil and it can grow. And that's why you need to be a part of a local church family and grow together with other believers and grow together and see God do great things. And when we do that, we will invest our lives and the spiritual gifts will begin to be at operating inside of us. And we'll all of a sudden not just be a crowd coming, but we'll be an army in God's kingdom together as he uses us, as we connect with our calling. And I talk about this because a lot of people are down on the church nowadays. A lot of people say, well, I love God, but I sure don't like the church. I love Jesus, but I don't like religion. I, I, I love God, but I don't need anybody else. And that's not the heart of God. We live in a, in a culture that has so much individualism and self-reliance, and 
we think, well, I can just have a great relationship with God all by myself, and the truth is, no, you can't. You can't say, well, hey, I'm a football player, but I don't play on any real team. I'm just, I'm just a player. It doesn't work that way. We have to have that team around us. We are called to be a part of his church. So many people see it as unnecessary, and why would I have to connect? And God says, no, I want you to connect. I made you to connect. As Peter tells us in his epistle, that he's made us spiritual stones, that he would make us his home, and he would inhabit his people. When we don't gather the stones together, when we don't gather together, we are not the church. And God would be homeless in this world as you'd be a homeless Christian. Rick Warren said that a Christian without a church family is an orphan, and God did not call you to be an orphan. Something happens when we gather together that's completely unexplainable. I have to be honest with you, when I walked through the doors this morning, we've been going through a lot. And not just with my mom, and we've been helping take care of my grandma the past couple days, and to be quite honest, I didn't get to sleep until early hours this morning just running around doing things. And I was like, I don't even know how I can stand up and talk today. My heart is so broken. But you know, something happened during worship. I don't know what it is, but man, the presence of God... When you stop thinking about yourself, when we started with great is thy faithfulness, I don't mean to be funny, it's like, I'll be okay. Great is thy faithfulness. God, you are good. Man, what a good second song. I mean, just, it was like one after, I was like, okay, something happens, I can't explain it. You walk in with a heavy heart, you walk out free. I can't explain that to the world. In a month, we're going to be baptizing people here right by the cross, and and something's going to happen. There's going to be an excitement in this place like, like no other. And I can't explain why it's there. It's just we're being obedient. Next Sunday, we have communion. And there's something powerful when we partake together. I can't explain it. But something happens when we are obedient and we gather together. God is here and something changes. And I'm transformed. And I pray that your life is transformed and you're Family is transformed, and we need to be a part of the body of Christ. Before I share some exciting things that are happening in our church, let me just go through real quickly here why there's some benefits to being a part of the church family. These will be on the screen. They're also in the Bible blog. But some of the benefits is it keeps our fire burning for the Lord. It keeps our passion going for Him. We get ignited for God, and, and we get fueled. And, and like I just talked about, something happens while we're together. We need to be together. It's kind of like when we, when we start that fire in the grill, and we have all the coals together, and the lighter fluid, and the match, and the big explosion, and, and there's heat right there, the coals, and that's where you cook the food, but if one coal kind of rolls off on its own, it, it won't ignite, and, and it'll grow cold quickly. We need to be together in order to keep our passion level high. We need to gather together to be protected, protected from the things of this world, from sin, from self-deception, from false teaching, we are better together. You've seen the Nature Channel where they have the, the lions hunting the zebras. And the lions are crouched down and the zebras are there and they're just eating in the grass and all of a sudden the lions pounce. They take after the pack of zebras and they start running, zigging and zagging. And then there's that fateful moment where one zebra zigs instead of zags and he's all alone. And you notice the lions don't keep chasing the pack anymore. They go after the one. Because they can surround the one and take it down. And, and that's what it's like when we don't have our church family around us. 
to protect us. Also, we don't want to protect, we want to protect ourselves from self-deception. A lot of times we say, man, I love God, I'm all good with God, but the reality is we're not because we're not good with the people around us. Remember when we talked in the last message, I was saying that the, the horizontal is the indicator of the vertical. That how I love and, and how I'm in relationship with one another around me, the people I can see, is in direct proportion in how I'm in relationship with God. I can't say I love God and hate my brothers and sisters in Christ, so it protects us. It leads us to maturity, that we would grow up. Our families teach us how to grow up. It's hard to live in families sometimes. It's hard to live in relationship with the marriage or with our kids or with brothers and sisters. And we have to learn how to get along and get through problems and, and make it. And Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1 says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against wise judgment. We can't isolate ourselves. We, we, we can't be ignorant. We have to be wise. We have to grow together. Next, it helps us grow and produce fruit. I already talked about the plant that gets planted and has the roots go down deep, but another illustration of the church is a body. Paul calls us a body. That we are different members of the body, hands and feet and arms and kidneys and heart and all those things. And they only work when they're together. All those pieces apart and separate, they will not work. It only works when they're all attached and they're all together. And so that's where we're going to grow and produce fruit. Next, it's obedience to the Lord. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning of verse 24, says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's be obedient to God. Don't be separate. Be together. And then finally, it helps, us, helps you and the rest of your family be a part of God's kingdom work. We want to be together. We can do so much more together than we can do separate. We need each other. We've got to be together. There's a tendency when a church has been in existence as long as we have, and God has blessed, and we see multiple generations worshiping together, sometimes two, three, even four generations worshiping in the same service. Sometimes we can get the perspective that, well, you know, we're just, we're just going to keep going and give a great church to our children and our grandchildren, but listen to me, we're on a mission we're on a mission to, to do the Great Commission, to make disciples, to baptize, to teach and train all that Jesus did, to do it here and around the world. Listen to me. We are on a mission. And you know what? When the mission is accomplished, the book of Revelation says that's when Jesus comes back. We're not here to preserve something great for our children and grandchildren. If we do, that's great. If the Lord tarries. But listen, we're on a mission. We cannot lose sight of that. We have a call. And we do it better when we do it together. Let me ask you this. What if it was taken away? What if you lost your family today? I can't imagine my life without um, Leslie and the boys. I just can't. It's hard to see uh, moms and grandmas and different people in pain in their lives. It, I, you know, there's something about family that's so important. I can't imagine life without them. I can't imagine my life without you guys, without my small group, without my church family. I can't imagine if it was all taken away. And I think of, of places around the world where I've traveled and where I'm going again this year, where it's illegal to gather together in the name of Jesus. 
that they risk their lives to get together and worship together. And yet, once, twice, maybe three times a week, they risk it all to get together and do what we did today. Are you kidding me? How important must this be? Maybe we've just lived in a place so long where it, it's lost its effectiveness, but listen to me. If you didn't have this, you would miss it. Because this is what we were created for. This worship, this friendship. As Jesus said, you know, when, when he said, oh, your, your mother and brothers are here to see you, Jesus, Jesus looked at the crowd and said, these are my mother and my brothers. This is my family. Psalm 122, verse 1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Every time we get together, guys, even today, even on hard days, I look forward to getting together in the Lord with you. There's never been a day, no matter how hard it got, that I didn't enjoy walking through the doors of our church and, and ministering, whether it be on a weekday or, or on a weekend. I have to be honest with you. This is the joy and the privilege of my life. And I hope you can say the same, that God has called you to this place and that you are glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. I hope you feel the friendship and the love. Let me tell you a few things happening at our church, and, and I just want to share my heart with you this morning. A few weeks ago, we put the financial report in the lobby, and it's available out there. It's only available on the weekends. We don't leave it out all week long, but it's available on the weekends, and you can see the giving was up. Uh, everything was up, missions, ministry, everything. Thank you for being faithful in your giving. When you give, that allows us to say yes to missions. It allows us to say yes to ministry. Somebody comes with a need, it allows us to say yes because uh, they say, I have this need or I want to do this. Yes, you can. If there's no money in the bank, we have to say no. And, and I just, I am so grateful that, that, that all of us together, and it's not just one person, it is everybody giving that allows us to say yes to so many and lives are being changed here in our city and around the world. I love what God is doing in our prayer ministry here at the church. We began Wednesday nights and I want to tell you they have been so powerful. I've had to miss the last couple and I can't wait for this Wednesday night because there's just something that happens on Wednesday nights and then we're seeing different groups of prayer uh, happening throughout the week and, and God's really raising something up. We're just at the beginning of this. God has so much more for us. We've had a great Ascension Convention. We've had great giveaways. We've had so many good things happen. I, I think of the thousands of lives that we've impacted. I, I think of our men's ministry, our women's ministry. There's more people coming than ever before. There was a conga line in our last women's, women's ministry get-together. I mean, is that crazy? Da, 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 da. I mean, that's... I don't know if that's spiritual or not, but they're having a good time. And... Uh, it was, it was awesome, though. I heard it was really good. There's so many people coming. I love what God's doing in our children's ministry. VBS is coming. Awana is coming. There's so many good things. We are going to launch Awana this fall. We're going to have more kids coming from our neighborhood, and we're so excited. I went to Awana when I was a little boy, and, and I just want to tell you, it's going to be awesome around here as we continue to grow. All these ministries are growing. I love, this is where my heart really is, though. People are fulfilling their callings. I watched the, the giveaway happen, and to think that all, that all started with a closet in the nursery. And now Jody and her ministry team has just exploded that. 
And um, man, it's not something we thought up in the church and the staff. This would be a good idea. I think of the prison ministry of our church and how many people are involved in that and writing letters. And I mean, it's amazing. These are just people saying, this is what God's calling me to do and I want to do it. We have people that, that felt so uh, the need to get to Oklahoma after the tornado. They packed a, a truck full of food and we were able to give clothes from our kids' pantry. They went and, and, and brought it down. There's so much happening behind the scenes and these aren't things that we think up as a church, different groups going and, and starting and Bible studies and prayer groups. and It's just people fulfilling their call. I love it. We don't strategize this as a church. What we strategize is connecting to God, connecting to people, and connecting to their callings. And I'm seeing people begin to connect to their calling. Listen, maybe God's asked you to do something. Don't hesitate. Go for it. God's play. There's something only you can do. Be part of the army of God. We're doing more for missions and outreach than ever before as a church. We've now linked with a ministry in the inner city, very much like ours, that does a giveaway. And they're now beginning a job training and life coaching program for, for people on the south side of Chicago that have never been able to find work and, and, and just they're going through hard things. And we are now sponsoring and helping people go to that life coaching and that job training program. And much of what we don't, aren't able to give away, all the extras we pack in the truck and take to the south side, and, and now we're blessing a ministry down there as they are doing giveaways. We have a staff and our church that is unparalleled. I love our staff. I think it's one of the best. I, I could go through each person, but I want to tell you, I love them. Uh, I'm thankful for them. I'm appreciative of them. They just, whatever it is, daily things or big things, Easy things or hard things. They're like, what do you need? Let's do it. doesn't matter if it's the Ascension Convention, the giveaway, a pastor's conference last week, or something small during the week. They say, what do you need me to do? I'll do it. I'm happy to do it. Man, that's a good staff. That's a heartbeat of our church. And so I'm so thankful for our staff. There's a change coming to our staff, and I'll share that with you here quickly. It's a change that you probably won't notice or see much, but it is going to affect our church and affect our staff. How many of you know that Pastor Merrill turns 80 years old this year? Anybody know it? 80 years old this fall. We're going to have a party. Going to have a party and a celebration like none other, so get ready. It's going to be good. Since we transitioned a few years ago, and yeah, the conga line, we could do a conga line. Um, since we did the transition a few years ago, Pastor Merrill became senior executive pastor, and I've counted on him to do a lot of things, and I've kind of filled his to-do list every day with a ton of stuff, and he does so much for our church. And for almost a year now, the elders and I have been talking about um, Pastor Merrill. You know, turning 80 isn't the big deal here. It's that for 60 years, almost 60 years, he's been teaching at the Bible College. For almost 40 years, he's been here at the church. Do you know anybody that's had the same job for 40 or 60 years. He built such a solid foundation that we now stand on to do even greater things in the future, and we want to honor that. And so it's not just... So, it's not just a birthday party. It's a celebration of our heritage, of our legacy as a church, and... and um, when you're 80 years old, you shouldn't be given a to-do list with 
just overwhelms you. you. What you should be doing is preserving that legacy. The classes that he's taught for 60 years, we want him to write them down, maybe record some things and do things like that. I want him to be able to travel, spend time with my mom as they help to take care of my grandma. We want uh, them to be able to do whatever God wants them to do. And, and so um, we are going to release him from his day-to-day -day responsibilities. Now, he's still a pastor at our church. He's still an elder in our church. Uh, he still, will still preach from time to time. He's not going anywhere. He's going to sit right there. So like I said, you may not see any difference or any change, but the daily change will be big for him. And so uh, we're going to take that responsibility off of him. But if you know what Pastor Merrill does, he does do a lot here at the church. And there have been some things that I wanted to implement in our ministry presently and into the future, and I just haven't had the time to do it, and I can't add it to his to-do list. So we wanted to bring someone on that could handle his responsibilities, but also we wanted to add uh, to that. And so I'm very pleased to announce today that the newest staff member of Christian Life Church is going to be Jennifer Schmidt. I'm going to invite Pastor Merrill and Jennifer to come and just say a few words at this time, but let me say this, that I so appreciate, obviously, my relationship with my dad, Pastor Merrill, but I've always appreciated my, my relationship with Jennifer. She's been a faithful member of our church for so many years. She actually even serves on our pastor's council. And there has never been anything that I've asked Jennifer to do that he, she has shrunk away from or she said it's too hard. And this was a big decision for her because God has blessed her in, in the corporate world for many years. And so this was a big decision for her. And I'm really glad she said yes because I didn't want to have to tell somebody else that they were my second choice. So I am thrilled, thrilled, thrilled that Jennifer will be a part of our team and she has no idea what she's getting into, but it's going to be good. So, so we're going to let Pastor Merrill say a few, few words and then Jennifer and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll receive the blessing before we go. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Darrell. And uh, I just have to say, to begin with, thank you. This is uh, really a great day for, for me. Uh, I've done many things in the church for uh, years, for so long, that it's just become natural and expected. It took, I think, since he started talking to me to get me mentally to shift to where now I'm excited about uh, the future and what going. I mean... Who's going to do what I do, you know? It's, uh, but I, I'm so happy uh, to be able to be in this and then be used of God in, in writing. I've got so many things I'd like to even present to our congregation in print. So many things. It hasn't been time to do all of that. Um, plus, I want to keep traveling the mission field. And uh, age is only a state of mind anyhow. If I feel good, I'm gone. And uh, looking forward to our next trip to India and so on. So I'm excited about these things because they're just an expectation and uh, that I've never been able to actually do these things. We just uh, grew up in church. My dad was a pastor, and so from the time I was a little kid, we were cleaning the church. We were working set up for service. It just was an automatic thing. Jerry's dad was a pastor, and she understands the same thing. Jennifer's dad is a pastor. So we just kind of grew up into this, and I've got to make a big adjustment to uh, do something different in my, my time. But um, I just want to say I feel this is a provision for me and Jerry at this time in our life, and we are so excited. Thank you for your prayers for Jerry. I really appreciate that. She's in a lot of pain, and uh, thank you for praying. We know God's going to, going to touch her. But uh, I, I just want to echo what Pastor just said. 
really, the church isn't going to see much difference, really. We'll be here. Uh, I'll be here as I'm needed to do whatever I'm needed. And uh, any emergency, Pastor Joe's free to call, and, and I'm ha- thankful for it. But what he really asked that I would do is uh, project the image or the founding part of what we did in our church to uh, be... I guess you get my age, you can be the father, the grandfather, the great-grandfather, whatever I am, uh, for, the, for the ministry. or it, It's the legacy that God's planted here and that we would just still be here. Um, not too many people you know, stay in a church that long, and it's really neat to be able to see from we started to a little thing to, to uh, what God's done, and God's been so faithful. And um, what he really said was just let my life represent what CLC is. We go to pastors' conferences, whatever it is that I'm representing, uh, CLC and, and the image we have. And not to be just bogged down with a, a lot of details like, uh, like I've always done because our staff and some of the new additions to our staff are going to do some of those things. And uh, I'm going to keep, I'm going to learn to keep my hands off. <laughs> Amen. But I want to thank everybody, thank Pastor Darrell especially, thank the elders of the church, thank all of you for part of the congregation. Thanks for loving Jerry and I, and thank you for your prayers for her at this time. Amen. Thank you so much. It's not my birthday yet till November. We are going to celebrate when the birthday comes. Then it's going to be a big deal. Thank you very much. I just appreciate Love you so much. Well, that's kind of hard to follow. I don't think I can follow 79 years of ministry and a standing ovation. But here I am nonetheless. So hi, good morning, everyone. I'm Jennifer, and I'm talking very fast, so I'll slow down a little bit. Um, This has been a very long road and also a very short road for me to stand here before you today. Long in the sense that I've grown up here my whole life since I was zero. Um, I am a pastor's kid myself, and I've been here Sunday morning, Sunday night, when we used to have a Sunday night service, Wednesday night, Saturday night, Ascension Convention. I've done the whole shebang. So, you know, Pastor Merrill's the reason that my family is here at this church. He brought us up into this area. So little did he know when I was born and he held me, probably in the hospital, that we would be here today experiencing this moment in life together standing before you. I never could have guessed it. Um, it's been a short road in the sense that I, in my wildest dreams, would never think that I'd have the honor to be a full-time staff member here at Christian Life. I did go to the Bible College here, and I graduated with a degree in ministerial studies about six years ago now. Um, And I've also been working kind of in the corporate world for going on 11 years, so I've been blessed with a very good job with Hyatt Corporation. And when I graduated from college here, I didn't really know what life had in store for me, so I kind of just stayed with the company. It's a good company to work for, and I've had a lot of great advancement there over the past six years. There were, of course, some moments of frustration, because that's not what I went to school for. It's not what I thought I would do with my life. But um, 
Looking back, the Lord is faithful and the Lord knows best because I've learned so much in my time with that company that's invaluable and I think will serve me well here, hopefully in my new position. Um, all of that being said, it's uh, a big day, day for me to leave that company and it all came very, very quickly. So I am finishing up some things there still and then I'll be training this summer with Pastor Merrill um, and who knows what life has in store for me here. I hear that I'll be very busy, um, so I believe that and I will be around and available to do whatever needs to be done. So ask for your prayers, and I thank you so much for Pastor Darrell and Pastor Merrill for giving the opportunity to me to connect to my calling here at the church. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, there, there we go. There we go. She deserves it. She deserves it. I, I am thrilled. Uh, Jennifer will come on as executive assistant and be doing a lot of things here at the church, and uh, we are blessed to have her here. We are, it's a treat. She says it went really quick. It seemed like forever for her to give me an answer, so maybe it was, <laughs> but, but I'm thrilled, and uh, we're happy for Pastor Harry and Donna, and thank you for sharing your family once again with our church. We're also doing something, uh, as far as updating the building, uh, we have a lot of things that need help, fresh coats of paints, our roof, uh, nursery updates, and, and we were looking at all these different things that, we, that need to be done, and we really felt instead of doing them ourselves and hodgepodging the, the thing, we wanted to kind of do something that would make the best use of our classroom space and our nursery space, our sanctuary, lobby, everything, and instead of trying to do it ourselves, to ask for some professional help. And Pastor, uh, uh, Kelly Spencer and Pastor Harry are, are kind of spearheading a team, and Pastor, uh, uh, Kelly's on our pastor's council, kind of helps oversee the building. And so instead of just doing all these little projects, we wanted to kind of put it together in a package. We're meeting with a, a designer, architect, and different things. that We're going to put some plans together. Uh, unfortunately, I, I was kind of hoping there'd be something this morning. There isn't. We don't have any plans or budget or anything like that. But we're really excited that, that we're going to kind of redo the nursery, have a state-of-the-art nursery, uh, redo some of the carpeting. I mean, I love, if you look at our sanctuary, we've been in here almost 20 years, okay, in our lobby, and God's just blessed us and has kept it so nice. And we want any updates we do to really last, you know, a decade or two, to really uh, be something that if the Lord does tarry, we can pass on a quality building to our children. And so... Uh, we're going to do it right. We're not just going to slap it together. And so uh, pray for the team as they meet. And so probably by the end of summer, fall, we'll have some more uh, information. Before we go, if I took a pencil, it'd be easy to break. Just, just easy to snap a single pencil. But if I took a box of pencils and I took all the pencils out of the box and, and put them all together, something amazing happens. You can't break it. Maybe somebody stronger than me could, but that's not going to happen today. So there's something that happens. The Bible says one puts 1,000 to flight, two puts 10,000 to flight. There's something happens when we're together. When we're separate, we can break like that, but when we're together, we are strong. God has called you to be a part of his family. Don't think you can do it all by yourself. Don't run from God. Today, surrender your life to him. Become a part of his family. And you will have strength like you never have seen. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and your hearts with me at the end of our time together today. And I just want to say that this all begins, being a part of the family of God, begins with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ.
There's no way to be right with God except if our sins are forgiven. And the only way to have our sins forgiven is is what Jesus did on the cross. He took your place. He took your punishment. He took your sin upon himself. And he didn't just die. He rose from the dead and he's victorious and he gives life. Today, step out. Take that first step in a relationship with God. Invite Jesus to come in and forgive your sins. Surrender your life to him today. Encourage you to do that. If you've done that, I'm going to ask you to, to make a commitment to be a part of his family, to plant yourself somewhere and to, to grow and to just discover the gifts that he's given you and watch yourself team with others and become something that can change this world. I'm going to ask you to commit to the family of God to be an active member of a local church family, and I want you to do that here. And there's no telling. We won't be able to even describe or explain or set goals. We're just going to see things happen when we begin to fulfill our call and and do our giftings together. And if you're here and you've been here for many years and you're kind of like Pastor Merrill, I'm just going to encourage you to stay firmly planted. You are a part of our legacy We wouldn't be the church that we are without you. We need you. And I want to thank you. But I'm going to pray today and and then we're going to go. But just surrender yourself to God, fresh and new today. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We thank you. We draw near to you. We call on you. We need you, Jesus. Come into our hearts and into our lives and make us new, wash us clean. Lord, for those that need you, I pray that you would forgive their sin. And God, that you'd bring them into your family. For those that think that they can do it on their own, just let them know they weren't saved to be an orphan. They're called to be a part of the family. And there's something beautiful and safe and loving about a family of God. Help us to be that kind of church, God. The church that you dreamed of when you spoke of it in Matthew chapter 16, when you said, I will build my church. Build us, Lord Jesus. Help us to be a part. Help us to commit. Help us to to see you at work. And Lord, I pray that the great things that we've talked about today, Lord, I thank you that there are thousands of lives here and in our city and in our nation and our world that are impacted. But God, we look forward to the day when we can report that millions of lives are being transformed because of your family here at Christian Life. God, I thank you that you give us this privilege to be a part of your family. And so, Lord, we just embrace that and we walk in that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Would you stand for the blessing of the Lord this morning? It's fun to talk about all the things that God is doing here at the church and being part of the church. But it's not about all the things that we just talked about. You know what it's about? It's about your life being transformed. It's about other lives being transformed. That's what we do what we do. And when God comes in and when you're a part of what he wants you to be a part of, he will transform your life. So I just encourage you to to stick with what God has called you to do, where God has called you to be, and, and go for it. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, thank you for the blessing that rests upon our lives and upon our church family. And Lord, that's the blessing that we take to a watching world. 
God, keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again as a church and worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Fellowship with one another. Uh, Sign up for VBS in the lobby. And um, we'll see you Wednesday night for prayer. God bless you. He is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane. I am tree.